Welcome to the WWE Podcast Week in Review. Tonight, we're going to go over everything that happened this week in WWE. And with Money in the Bank just one week away, we still have a few competitors that have yet to fill their spots in the Money in the Bank ladder matches. And we're going to start to look at who could actually win those matches for the men and the women. And we're going to do all of that and much more right after this. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. Hey, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Week in Review for this Sunday. June 26, 2022. My God, June's almost over. I said that to you guys at the beginning of June. It feels like yesterday that June is the fastest month ever. For some reason, it feels like June it goes by in the blink of an eye. And this year is no different with just a few days left of June. And then we're into July. And uh, after that, guys, it's back to <laughs> back to you know, like football and uh, back to uh, cooler weather. And it, but it'll be here before you know it. And uh, But anyway. I hope everyone's enjoying their summer. Fourth of July weekend is coming up. And that also means, of course, more importantly, most importantly, money in the bank. And that is coming to us Sunday, a week from tonight for or depending on when you're listening to this, of course, depends on if it's a week or not. But that is when it's coming to us is next Sunday night. And I am looking forward to the event as a whole. And really, there's a lot of unknown in this uh, in this pay-per-view and to be honest, the Money in the Bank ladder matches, while there are some front runners for candidates to win on both sides for the men and women, I think that this is one of the more interesting Money in the Bank events in recent years because of the Roman Reigns factor. And this week it was built around SmackDown that the winner was just going to cash in on Roman Reigns if he was to retain against Brock at the, at the event and they were going to cash in when he's at his most vulnerable. And the weird thing about this to me with Paul Heyman, when he brought Adam Pierce out, who was kind of like the, 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 the little B word, uh, PG show guys, then he brought him out. And I'm like, Oh, well, I think I know what's going to be said here. Paul Heyman's going to say, or Paul Heyman's going to turn it over to Adam Pierce. And Adam Pierce is going to say that, that, uh, the, the Money in the Bank winner will receive an opportunity at the WWE Universal Championship, but it cannot take place that same night, right? Like if, if Paul Heyman has this stroke that apparently he, he does have somehow, some way with upper management above Adam Pierce's head, wouldn't that have been the smarter choice, right? Instead of trying to keep people out of the event, which by the way, there always has to be six. So it's going to be filled up by somebody it would have made more sense to me if Paul Heyman was able to uh, use his influence as it was put to us to 
to to restrict anyone from cashing in that night on Roman. Now, I, I'm assuming they didn't do that because it still leaves some mystery and maybe somebody could, right? Uh, the winner could. Instead of, of, of having somebody cash in, or rather, win the Money in the Bank briefcase, and if the stipulation is, well, they can't cash in, it takes maybe some mystery out of the, the possibility of them doing that. So I, maybe that's the reason why. But to me, I'm like, oh, if you have that much influence, like that would have been the smarter decision. But uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more and talk about some, some uh, believe it or not, I have some positive things to say about Ronda Rousey's promo this week, which uh, was honestly much improved. And she had an on night, a very rare on night on the mic. But uh, before we get to that, I want to uh, to get to one email I left out and it's a patron of the show. I don't know how I missed it on the mailbag and whenever I do this, which doesn't happen often, but sometimes emails from patrons and others fall through the cracks and I want to get to that. And that's Nathan Palmer's email. Uh, so Nathan, let's, let's get to your email from uh, last week and we'll go through this quickly and then get to the rest of the week in review. So Nathan says to us, Hey Matt, uh, Nathan from Sydney, it's no longer boss time. Sorry, I had to do that, but we're so glad we never have to hear that again. Well, I mean, never say never, Nathan, right? Like how many people leave the business, swear they're never coming back, swear, especially they're never going back to WWE, and then they do, right? So it's, I very much think at some point in our lives, we will hear that music again, but uh, moving on here. So you say it's been a while since I wrote into the show. You know how it is. I've been listening to all the shows, though. Great content as per usual. I wanted to know what you thought of my fantasy booking, which starts at Money in the Bank through WrestleMania 39. Seth wins Money in the Bank. Roman retains all his upcoming defenses. And at the last premium live event of the year, Seth cashes in on Roman while he's injured. Just like a typical cash-in, takes the titles. But then Paul Heyman finds a clause in the Money in the Bank contract that you only cash in for one title, not both. Seth is forced to give Roman one title back, which keeps the Roman's reign alive. The pair have a unification match at the Royal Rumble in 2023. This is where it gets good. Roman is moments away from closing out the match when Dwayne costs him the match. Roman loses, but not clean. Meanwhile, Cody returns and wins the Rumble. This sets up Cody for Cody Seth 4 at WrestleMania 39 for the belts. It also sets up a non-title match between Joe, Roman Reigns, and Dwayne, The Rock, at WrestleMania 39. Thoughts? Good stuff from Nathan here. So I do like your Seth and Cody collision course. That is going to take place at WrestleMania 39. I think it's a very realistic thought. And I also like how it's Seth Cody for the belt this time. That's a nice thing. And we don't have to worry about uh, Roman having the belt for Rock and him and him, him having a match at 39, which I've said many, many times on this show is a bad idea. I like that. Now, the one thing I'll say about uh, the, the cash-in for Seth, where the uh, Seth thinks he wins both, the, the belt, but he only gets one of the titles, but, and it's clever and I like it. And it seems like it'd be one of those things. Like, are you kidding me? He's still universal champion, even though Seth now has the WWE title. The problem with that is that they made such a big deal about unifying the championship. They came up with its own name and yes, he has two belts. And I think, I think the two belt thing's going to stay because I think WWE likes the visual 
of having Roman hold two belts and the Usos holding two belts, even though having one belt would make more sense because apparently you unified the championships and the, the actual symbolic material of that championship should follow suit with just a single cha- a single belt. But to me, that that I don't while I don't think it's impossible. The problem, again, is that they unified the belts at, at uh, Money in the Bank or at WrestleMania. And they made a big deal about the unification. It was unification, unification. That means bringing it together. That means there are no, there's no two separate championships anymore. It's not as if on the, on TV they're saying Roman Reigns, the WWE, and Universal Champion. Right? They've combined it. When they when they when they say what he is, he is the undisputed WWE uni, heavy Universal Heavyweight Champion. It's a mouthful. I would love to have them say the undisputed champion, right? Like, let's just go with undisputed champion. Go back to 2002, right? But I, I just don't think they do that because that would then undermine what what WrestleMania was supposed to be. Um, but I like your idea. I like it, Nathan, especially the Rock, Roman, and Seth Cody uh, matchups, which I, th- which I think are actually very realistic. So good stuff, Nathan. And let's now get to uh, the rest of the week. But first, I want to... Thank everybody for listening, as always, on this Week in Review, our flagship show for the entire week. Much appreciated for those new listeners. If you want to go ad-free, man, there's no better time to do it. Patreon.com slash WWE Podcast is the name of the game. A dollar for everything ad-free, and you get a shout-out on this show and a ton more stuff for a dollar. Website, WWEPodcast.com. It's available to you. Go VIP there and get everything ad-free. Or Apple Podcasts, which is a $0.99 a month uh, commitment. That's it. All right. Well, um, guys, listen. We also have this week something possibly bigger debuting with video, with streaming. Things are still progressing there in a good way. Um, I don't hope I'm not going to embarrass myself, but I will be cutting a one-hour show, and the destination of that show, video-wise, is to be coming soon. Okay, let me let me just put it that way. It's coming soon, um, and it may also appear on YouTube. But I'm not sure. Probably, I think per the contract that I signed with them, it can't go anywhere but their network. So, uh, but anyway, that is going to be. More info, more information soon. Okay, let me leave it there. So let's talk about this week in WWE, guys, and uh, let's jump right into SmackDown because, again, that is always the biggest takeaway from usually the week is SmackDown. Let me start with Gunther. Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. They're brilliant. They are brilliant. I'm loving it. I love him as Intercontinental Champion. Ludwig Kaiser is a perfect manager to to uh, Gunther perfect I love it I'm loving this pair I have literally nothing bad to say about any of this and I find things wrong and split hairs there's nothing to say here everything from the belt finally being recognized after being kind of tucked away underground for many 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 months is now on the waist, around the waist, or on the shoulder of somebody I think is going to be a big-time player in the in the coming years. And Ludwig Kaiser, perfect. Love the way he announces him, the slow movements. You notice he doesn't rush anything. It's almost as if he's moving in slow motion, but he's just he exudes confidence. Ludwig Kaiser, 
A plus. And uh, Walter in the ring, by the way, or Walter, Gunther in the ring is a, if you guys haven't seen him work before, most of you have, but he is physical. That's what makes him stand out. Number one, he doesn't flip flop and fly like most of the guys do today. The gymnastics style of pro wrestling. He's kind of an old school look and wrestler. The way that he delivers those chops, he doesn't move 100 miles an hour. He does Now, he does do a drop kick, and he doesn't need to, but he does. And he has brought back the power bomb as a finish. I love that as well. So let me just say that about Gunther this week. And he faced Ricochet this week. Let me dive into it. For the Intercontinental Championship in a rematch. It wasn't as good as their original match for the Intercontinental Championship, but still good. I had no real complaints about it. And to me, it was uh, it was just really good stuff. I mean, uh, as far as just getting heat on Gunther, by the way, too, like getting heat on him was uh, it's, it's necessary right now. Now, I'm reading some other websites that are not big on this, and they thought it was a massive letdown that uh, based on what the competitors delivered the last time, this was too short and one-sided, but then I, I mentioned it wasn't as good. But to me, it's it's about establishing Gunther as dominant, and they did just that. So this tells me Ricochet is going back to the uh, you know back to the drawing board. But this was good, and my God, is he physical? All right, um, let's see. Tamina versus Shotzi. That th- that that happened. I mean, they brought Tamina back. Out of the, uh, the the crypt, I guess they let her out of the basement, open up the crypt, and uh, let Tamina come out for a match to just put somebody over, as expected. You know, I, I, I don't have a whole bunch to say here. Other than the McAfee-Corbin challenge, McAfee challenged Corbin to a match at SummerSlam because we're already talking about SummerSlam. <laughs> and you know what? Normally, I, I would be annoyed by that, that they're they're kind of overlooking this B pay-per-view of Money in the Bank. And it's a B pay-per-view. They're trying to make it an A pay-per-view, but, but it's still a B pay-per-view uh, premium live event. That they're, they, they don't have a whole lot of time between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. SummerSlam is July 30th. Money in the Bank is July 2nd. That's like, what, three weeks? Barely f- th- four weeks? Am I losing my mind? Four weeks? Yeah, four weeks. It's in the same month. Maybe that's why I'm all screwed up. But I honestly don't even know the last time SummerSlam was in July. It feels like it should always be like August 15th, August 20th, doesn't it? So this is weird to me that SummerSlam's in July. But it maybe that's what it is, too. They're trying to just get to that SummerSlam card to sell tickets to let people know what's going to happen. And McAfee challenged Corbin to a match at SummerSlam. And Corbin wasn't there to accept, but we can all just kind of infer that he's going to. I mean, it's, it's just, there's just no way he's not going to. So uh, McAfee is just, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that if he had a bigger body and he had, you know, dedicated the time to actually being an in-ring wrestler and spent many months getting himself ready for it and putting on muscle and all that kind of stuff. I think he does need it a little bit. He could be a top, top performer, a wrestler. Jeez, Vince has got me saying the, the the corporate language. But yes, so that was good. McAfee challenging Corbin to a match at SummerSlam. Um, I'm looking forward to that. 
because we know at least what McAfee can and can't do in the ring. And you'd imagine that he's just getting better as time goes on. All right. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Lacey Evans versus Sonya Deville. And this um, this came about after we had Adam Pierce, who was on his phone, because that's what all of WWE officials and G- GMs do anytime the camera's on them is just we're on our phones because we don't know what else to do. But we had Sonya Deville come in and uh, she was not happy with Adam Pierce that she's been overlooked and that Adam Pierce is over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing with the women's division, all this stuff. And so Adam Pierce rewarded her by putting her in this handicap match with uh, with Rod- Raquel Rodriguez and Lacey Evans. And the match was fine. I mean, it, it was okay. Um, you know, it, it felt a little weird having the heel in a handicap match on the other end. That very rarely happens where you have the baby faces having the numbers advantage. I, I don't hate it again because it doesn't happen often. And it didn't, I don't think it didn't not work out. I think it worked out just fine. Um, you know, we, we did have DeVille bring down Zia Lee and Shayna Baszler. And that could be something of a group, by the way, too. That's an interesting little faction. Maybe it's a one-off. Maybe it's not. But just for the moment, anyway, we did have Lacey Evans and Raquel Rodriguez eventually clear the ring. Now, that was after the result of the match, which Raquel and Evans did beat DeVille after uh, Evans hit her. um, Was it Evans who hit her DDT? I forget the name of her finish. She named it something, and I I apologize. I can't remember the name of her uh, her finish. Essentially, it's it's a DDT. Also bringing back something that should be a finish, right? We got the power bomb from Gunther being reestablished, re, uh, I guess, redefined as a finish, which it should be. And the same goes now for DDT, which is now a finish. So thank you, Lacey Evans, the always inspiring Lacey Evans. <laughs> I mean that very sarcastically. But uh, anyway, so. The the weirdest thing about this was that Ronda Rousey, or Natalia rather, came out too and mocked Ronda Rousey. She came out with a uh, the, the same hair braids that Ronda does. She came out with a stroller, which was actually kind of funny. She came out with that leather jacket and uh, cut a promo on Ronda Rousey and said that the the sharpshooter almost made her tap out and that she should just tap out now to save herself the embarrassment. And Ronda Rousey does come out eventually. And this was interesting to me because um, Rousey actually, as I said at the beginning of the show, had some lines that actually clicked for me. They didn't feel like she was just rehearsing them in her head a hundred times backstage and then regurgitates them on the air. It, it felt if it was actually a decent promo for Rousey, one of her better ones. And one of the better lines she had was that she said to Natalia, the closest thing you'll ever get to being a main attraction in this company is dressing up like me. That was good. It's true. Right. That's the other thing, too, is it's true for Natalia, because we all know what's going to happen to Natalia after this. She's going right back to doing her Instagram and uh, putting on her cat ears and, you know, doing you know pictures of her and push up bras or whatever she does on Instagram. But Ronda Rousey also 
uh, whacked her talking about how she doesn't need to artificially enhance her body to live up to impossible beauty standards or something like that. So obviously alluding to the fact that uh, Natalia has had a lot of work done and she has, right? I mean, there's no doubt like she's had breast augmentation. She's had lip fillers. There's no doubt, right? Like it's just, just an objective fact. Okay. She has, you look at her, you know, I mean, there's just no doubt. Um, and so Ronda Rousey hammered her for that. So uh, that was interesting to me. And the, the crowd went, oh, because that's the first time anybody's ever acknowledged that. And that's a very rare thing, too. And you wonder if that actually came up a little bit off the script of uh, Rousey saying that. Because very rarely do you mention anything about like breast augmentations or work being done on your body to adhere to social uh, the social standard for beauty or whatever she was trying to say, because a lot of the times there is a lot of like women do on the roster. Sometimes not all of them, certainly not all of them have work done. And it's something that's just, it's just, it gets done, but no one talks about it. Like it just gets done and we move on and we don't even discuss it. Rousey's calling it out. Now she's the only one that can call it out because if a man did that, obviously that, that would cause a whole bunch of issues. So um, yeah, that's, that's what it is. And and I really, you know, the, the, the promo, I think, worked. It, it worked for Rousey. It worked for Natalia. And I'm looking forward to the match, even though we all know the outcome. So there is that. But um, uh, one thing I want to d- just address before we move forward, guys, um, you know, I there's been people ask me like, you know, well, what do you think about with the with politics? Right. Like we don't talk about politics on the show. That is a hard and fast rule. We don't. And I'm not going to talk about politics. Other than to say, if you guys want my opinion on politics, specifically like Roe v. Wade and that whole just like debacle going on, um, we don't we won't talk about it on the show. OK, now people some people are like, you know, trying to dig and see what my opinion is. For some reason, it's important to people uh, because if I'm on one side or the other, you know, there's there's no such thing today, guys, as like being able to reasonably talk with the other side. If somebody believes something you don't politically, it's almost like a religion, right? Whatever side of the aisle you fall on, if you don't believe that person, oftentimes now people are ostracizing each other, not even able to 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 be friends with people anymore because they believe in something different than you do politically. So it's just it's amazing. I just that's all I'm going to say. The, no specifics, but um, we don't we don't talk about it on the show. I know obviously the the world is burning, so to speak, figuratively, hopefully not literally. Um, over the decision over the last week. Anyway, let's move on. I just wanted to address it, guys. We're not going to talk about it here other than for those two minutes I just did. Okay, moving on. Um, so let's see here. What else uh, What else was big on SmackDown here? Of course, Money in the Bank qualifiers was a big thing. Um, Sonya Deville, who... Uh, the one thing I'll say about her, and I'm only bringing this up because she's posting crap constantly. Um, look, I know she is... In a relationship, she's, I think she's married to a, a woman. I don't know. She, she's, she's a lesbian. I'm fairly sure. She's either bisexual or lesbian, right? She makes this very, very, very clear. I mean, she's, this isn't me digging up dirt on her. She posts this like it's, you know, the, the, the most impressive, most uh, important thing in her life is this. To me, that, that, I don't care what side you fall on. Like, Sonia Deville is like, I'm sorry. She seems very um, interested in herself. Okay, and maybe you have to have an ego to be successful in this company. I think you have to have it to some degree, but she's, I don't know. Um, I'm not, 
I'm not a fan of Sonya Deville and not because she has a wife. I could care less about that. Just the way she goes about things, right? When she just, she, everything she posts is about her. It's about her, her, her. And oh my God, look at me. Oh my God, I'm, I'm married to a woman. It's like, well, great, cool. But like, the, like, that's not new, fascinating or bold. Like that's been going on for a long time. Congrats, but I don't know. She, It's like she's trying to like, stir crap up i think and I, that's the problem i have with it is she's trying to stir things up from people and um i'm not a fan of that because it's you're 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 encouraging in, in, in a toxic environment you're trying to create something and i know she's been trying also to uh bring in like lgbt storylines and all that stuff and and, and and i think that's a very bad idea simply for the fact that it's extremely controversial and you could be turning off a portion of your audience and, and, and uh, you know, it's not needed in the world of professional wrestling. The world of professional wrestling is doing just fine. Not bringing in extremely controversial topics that bring in the outside world into WWE where it would be a detraction from the actual uh, story and what's going on. And people honestly watch wrestling to escape political stuff. And so, um, anyway, I'm, I'm only bringing this up because Sonya Deville is extremely, in real life, not her character, in real life, uh, a very big outspoken advocate to for WWE or maybe maybe they, I don't know what their stance is on Sonya, but she oftentimes is just very, very, um, seems pushy about things when she doesn't need to be. I don't know. She just seems like a, a anyway, I'm moving on. I'm not a fan of Sonya Deville's motives i think that's what it is my my perceived motives not what she again somebody's gonna come away saying like oh my he, he what does he think about gay marriage no, no 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 that's not the point it's the motives behind her actions is what i question that's my perceived motives that's all that's all it is um i think it'd be toxic for pro wrestling um anyway moving on uh, how about that for tiptoeing around politics? New Day versus Shanky and Jinder Mahal in a good God almighty, a dance-off. Yeah, it's as bad as you'd imagine. It's as cringeworthy as you'd imagine. It is as secondhand embarrassment as you'd imagine. I mean, it, this this was it was bad. No, but I don't know what it is, the appeal of Shanky dancing. I mean, I guess he's more relevant now than he ever was, and great, but you have a <clears throat> a seven-foot-tall giant dancing. Cool. Let's see how long that goes. But Jinder Mahal seemed very turned off by it. He, Jinder was shoved away by Shanky, and then he continues to dance with, uh, you know, Xavier Woods and Kofi, who are just stuck in a time loop and just will not evolve. But then, thank God, we get some semblance of order from, of all places, the Viking Raiders. A returning Viking Raiders with new music, a new entrance, and altered attire. Generally, the same characters as far as they're, they're, they're um, Vikings, right? I mean, they're still the Viking Raiders. But they feel different. They're a heel team, num uh, number one, first and foremost, now two. That's important. They destroyed both Kofi and Xavier. That's always fun to see them just get demolished. Anytime Kofi and Xavier get flattened, it's a good day for me. But uh, they had a different attitude, and I think that's 
they had a different feel and attitude, and I think that is what's going to carry them to that next level and possibly eventually be challengers to the tag titles once they come off the Usos because you're not going to have heel versus heel there. So, But, uh, yeah, so the Viking Raiders attacked the dance-off. I never thought I'd be so happy to see the Viking Raiders. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. I'm going to take, yeah, let's take a, one quick break, guys. We're going to take a quick break for uh, the sponsor of today's episode, and then uh, we're going to come back. And on the back end, we're going to talk about another Money in the Bank qualifier, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn and much more. So stay right here. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Money in the Bank qualifier. And you know, I mean, do I need to say what kind of quality match you're going to get with Shinsuke and Sami? Nope. I mean, they have had a long story arc here. And speaking of story arc, before I forget, WWE did advertise Roman and Brock as the finale. I think it was the word they used. The culmination, the, I don't know, I, th- I think finale was it. Of the seven-year-long program between Roman and Brock. I, I think they did say that, at least acknowledging that uh, this is going to come to an end mercifully between Brock and Roman. This, I mean, the WWE, they can't do this anymore. And I, I do suspect there's a chance of Brock and Roman getting booed. Not out of the fact of you know disrespect, just out of the fact of people tired of this program. Just sick and tired of it. Uh, as good as Brock and Roman are together, and I would argue their WrestleMania match wasn't that great, they can't go to the well with this anymore. They just can't. So uh, so Sami Zayn, he was interested he or insisting that he was merely protecting Roman by trying to get a spot for Money in the Bank. And uh, the honorary ooze, I'm surprised he hasn't come up with a t-shirt, by the way. Um, he, was, he said that... Uh, he downed the artist twice at ringside, nearly winning once by countout and seizing control throughout the commercial break. Nakamura overcame that as, you know, they always ask, can Nakamura get back in this? Can the babyface get back in this? Well, we're going to commercial, and the answer is 100% always yes. But uh, uh, so here we go. Zayn Nakamura then um, kept battling back and forth. We did finally get uh, Zayn pinning clean Nakamura clean so Nakamura loses I don't even remember the last time Sami Zayn won a match clean no matter who the opponent is so it's good to see Sami get a victory and they kept playing on the fact that he's a cowardly heel that's fine how Sami uh, Sammy runs away from everything makes I mean that that's generally generally what they've been pushing but to see Shinsuke lose clean here was a bit shocking only because of the fact that in most fans' minds, they still kind of put Shinsuke above Sammy. And when you ever put a babyface and heel together, 
most of the time, as a general rule, the baby face can beat the heel if everything's clean. There's no interference or anything. But in this case, Zayn won. That's it. Now, we did have Sami Zayn also say that he's not going to cash in on Roman Reigns. He said, I'm doing this to protect him. After Kayla Braxton interviewed Zayn, and uh, he said, or who asked if he would, I'm sorry, it, after he said he wouldn't cash in on Roman Reigns, but he would cash in on Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman did uh, kind of give him a look, saying, you know, essentially that uh, get out of here because you shouldn't even suggest that Brock has a chance of winning. That's the implication, I would imagine. But uh, Sami Zayn still kind of trying to hold on to being part of the cool crowd by being in an in honorary oos is it's entertaining. Now, Drew did kick off the show. I'm kind of going in a weird reverse mixed up order. But Drew McIntyre did kick off the show, of course, just insufferably welcoming us to SmackDown. <sighs> Not even going to go into it. But the goal here was laying out his path to the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Sheamus and the brawling brutes interrupted and it led to a back and forth. Paul Heyman, that's when I said, and, and Adam Pierce came in and that's where... Uh, we had Adam Pierce go back on his decision to put both Drew and Sheamus in that Money in the Bank ladder match and that uh, if they want to earn their way, the higher state to uh, earn the way, they had to beat the Usos and coexist tonight. So we got the old tag team partners who hate each other type of deal. And, you know, it's it was fine. The, you know, the, I didn't I didn't hate this. But uh, this is this is a, a quote a review that I'm quoting. It said that this is not much. This is not to say the match itself will not be good because the talent involved can turn a match and uh, turn the match into a match of the year candidate any time. It's just a shame that such a convoluted setup that makes no sense did not need to exist. Yeah, this didn't need to exist. You know, this this didn't need to exist. Adam Pierce could have easily rectified the situation after the double disqualification two weeks ago when they both hit each other with a chair, Sheamus and Drew, that is, by saying, no, this match will not continue that way. No disqualifications. Let's get a winner. And instead, he decides to put both of them in the match, which makes no sense. And now he's making them earn it again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there is that. But uh, let's see. Uh, McIntyre did point out that Brock Lesnar came back and was gifted a championship match opportunity and then vowed to Claymore whoever won the match between Roman and Brock. And Sheamus bashed Arch Manning, the newest University of Texas football recruit. So there was that. And uh, let's see here. Oh, Pierce revealed that the decision to add both McIntyre and Sheamus had been overturned by WWE management. So, yeah, we'll... That's how that happened. But the main event did see did see Drew and Sheamus. And you know what? It was it was an okay match. I thought it was fine. They ended up beating the Usos. As if there was any doubt. Like if if they didn't beat the Usos, what would McIntyre and Sheamus have done at the event on Sunday? Right? And there's just almost no way. So McIntyre and Sheamus did beat the Usos. And uh, we did get Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford on commentary to hype their tag man, team title match of the Usos against the Usos at Money in the Bank. Don't forget, there's that match, too. I, I have nothing against, you know, the Street Profits conceptually. I mean, Angelo Dawkins is, to me, 
just I, he's getting cringier by the moment. And I don't mean in ring, just his character is, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Montez Ford fan. I, I've said that many times. I think he is the star of the show and he will be a future WWE champion or whatever the top belt is called when he gets there. But if I have to hear Montez Ford on a random segment transition where they have to introduce the Street Profits going, yeah, like they're just clapping randomly. And then they have to like promote other people's matches. It, it's I don't know. I don't. It just is a little bit unbelievable there. But uh, the uh, Street Profits are going to go against the Usos at the event Money in the Bank for those tag team belts. And there is a small chance they could win. But we'll save our predictions and previews for this later this week. Later this week, I'm bringing on a preview and prediction co-host. So that'll be fun. But uh, anyway, let's see here. Let's briefly talk about Monday Night Raw. I mean, I know we have John Cena coming tomorrow night for his 20th anniversary that I'd imagine would set something up between him and Wrestler X at SummerSlam. I'd imagine that's what the point of this is. But uh, on Raw, let's see. Oh, we got uh, the a women's fatal five-way to determine a new number one contender to challenge Bianca Belair, and that ended up being Carmella to win that. Yeah, people booed that, and not for the reason that you'd want. But uh, Vince McMahon, they made a useless appearance, just completely useless. Thank God he didn't show up again on SmackDown. Omos defeated Riddle for the Money in the Bank qualifying match. Lashley interrupted Austin Theory's pose down. Angela Dawkins defeated Jey Uso with a sit-down powerbomb. Elias hit Kevin Owens with a guitar. And Bobby Lashley defeated Chad Gable, Otis, and Theory in a gauntlet match. That was kind of the the biggest, I'm from what I remember, the biggest bulk of the wrestling, quality wrestling, came from that kind of Bobby Lashley gauntlet match and story leading to him earning the United States Championship opportunity at Money in the Bank. But AJ Styles defeated Ciampa with a uh, phenomenal forearm. And then Asuka defeated Becky in a uh, main event match here for a Money in the Bank qualifying spot. So... That is a Monday Night Raw in a nutshell. Of course, tomorrow night on Raw is going to be a big night as John Cena returns, as I said. So that's going to be the headlines all over the place. What he does, who interrupts, is there a match coming? We'll see. So a lot going on, guys. So much to discuss and talk about. But I really appreciate everybody coming on, listening, because I know there's lots of options out there. And Consider going ad-free, guys. Really would support the show. Or just giving us a five-star rating and review. Spotify offers ratings. Apple Podcasts, of course. You can rate the show as well as other podcast platforms, too. So tomorrow night, guys, Anthony DeMarco and I will be back with a new current state of WWE. And then Tuesday will be the Monday Night Raw review. Wednesday's mailbag. And then much more content coming this week with a Money in the Bank preview and prediction show. As well as a post-show after the event ends. So lots to talk about, lots to discuss. It's another premium live event week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I do appreciate it. Consider going VIP or ad-free at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, guys, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time